Just south of us in Mount Vernon, there are two churches, half a mile apart from each other. On one sign, you will see written, St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church. And on the other sign, you will see written, Immaculate Conception Roman Catholic Church. And yet, these two churches do not get along with each other and would not consider each other Catholic. See, St. Joseph's believes that the Second Vatican Council contradicts the historical Catholic faith and so rejects that council and all of the popes who have endorsed that council. Immaculate Conception, on the other hand, has no problem with the Second Vatican Council or the current pope. So to differentiate themselves, St. Joseph's has written on its sign, Pre-Vatican II Traditional Latin Mass. And what has Immaculate Conception written on their sign? Archdiocese of Seattle. Which is the real Catholic Church? Well, Immaculate Conception, of course. But why? Most of us would say because they belong to the Archdiocese of Seattle. And why is that important? Well, because here at Assumption, we consider ourselves Catholic, and we belong to the Archdiocese of Seattle. So we just take for granted that anyone belonging to the Archdiocese of Seattle must be Catholic. And anyone in Western Washington who does not belong to the Archdiocese of Seattle must not be Catholic. Fair enough. This is the standard that most of us would use. But do you see what we have done? Do you see the difference between these two churches and these two standards? The Sedevicantists at St. Joseph's and Mount Vernon, the ones who claim that the Pope in Rome is a false pope, look very Catholic. They celebrate the Mass, they confer the sacraments, they pray the rosary, they venerate the saints, they reference Catholic documents from the first centuries all the way up to Pope St. Pius X. They presumably even help the poor and work for justice. But they disagree with the Second Vatican Council, and so they have made the question of the Council the standard by which they judge Catholicism. For them, rejection of that council makes one Catholic, and acceptance of that council, even if you claim to be the Pope, places you outside of the true Catholic Church. The Serevicantists have made the standard of Catholicism a specific event and doctrine. For us, on the other hand, the standard of Catholicism is a relationship. Specifically, it is our relationship with our local bishop, something that we would refer to as communion. Those who are in communion with Archbishop Paul D. Achen of Seattle are Catholic, and those who reject him are not. And this, of course, extends to the worldwide Catholic Church, too. How do we know that Archbishop Achen is himself Catholic? Because he is in communion with Pope Francis, Bishop of Rome. And how do we know that Bishop Joseph Tyson of Yakima and Archbishop J. Michael Miller of Vancouver, British Columbia are Catholic? Because they too are in communion with Pope Francis in Rome. For us, whether we realize it or not, our most important definition of what it means to be Catholic comes down to our relationship with two men, 
one in Seattle and one in Rome. It is not for nothing that we mention them in every Mass and have pictures of them in most of our buildings. But Father, you might say, shouldn't the standard of Catholicism be the life, death, resurrection, and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth? Shouldn't Catholicism be defined by the writings of the Apostles and the early Church Fathers? Aren't we bound to the uncorrupted tradition of faith handed on to us from previous generations of Catholics? Yes, absolutely, you would be correct. But unfortunately, these things require interpretation. So-called traditionalist Catholics who reject Vatican II are looking at the same church documents and history that we are, as were the Lutherans before them, as were the Eastern Orthodox before them, as were the Jacobites before them. All information requires interpretation, and when Christians argue, they rarely argue about what sources of information are important. Instead, they argue about how to interpret this information. Jesus, when he established his church, knew this was going to be a problem, so he gave us authoritative interpreters in his apostles, whose successors are the bishops. And he gave us an authoritative interpreter to resolve disputes even among the bishops. And today we refer to this man as the Pope. What Christians disagree about has varied over the centuries, but the fault line has been the same every time. In whatever we are debating, do we, and does our local bishop, maintain communion with the Bishop of Rome or not? Those who remain united to the Bishop of Rome are Catholic. Those who reject him are not. To reiterate, of course doctrine matters. But the ultimate responsibility for doctrine was given by Jesus Christ to our bishop and our pope. We have to trust that Christ will guard his church, and that even when the flawed human beings who hold these offices are themselves sinful, negligent, or even blasphemous, as they have been in our history, we have to trust that Jesus will never let them teach anything false. At Miracle of Miracles, To date, the worldwide College of Bishops united to the Pope, protected by the Holy Spirit, have never officially taught anything that deviated from the truth of Jesus Christ handed on through Scripture and tradition. So why am I preaching about this now? Because we American Catholics have a tendency to treat our Archbishop and our Pope as we treat our politicians— as though their every statement and every decision ought to be critiqued. We like to place ourselves on Team Francis, or Team Whoever is Criticizing Francis this week, just as we would place ourselves with the Republicans or the Democrats. But this is not healthy. Our very Catholicity depends on our communion with these men. I am not saying they are not above reproach. They certainly are not. And it is not necessarily wrong that we should disagree with some of their decisions. But as Catholics, our desire, our goal, is always to be in communion with them. We should be on guard against habits or ways of thinking that place us perpetually at odds with our Archbishop or our Pope, 
because that way of thinking risks placing us at odds with the very definition of what it means to be Catholic. My friends, the Feast of St. James, the celebration of our Archdiocesan patron, is an opportunity to remember that we are part of something much larger than ourselves. Assumption in Bellingham is a local and distinct community, unique in its concrete circumstances. But we carry out our mission as one cell in a much larger body. We share our mission with Sacred Heart down the road, with St. Joseph's in Ferndale and St. Joseph's in Linden and their various mission communities. We act with one heart with the Catholic churches in Mount Vernon, Everett, Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia, Chehalis, Longview, Vancouver, Yakima, Spokane, Portland, Los Angeles, New York City, London, Paris, Mexico City, Nairobi, Baghdad, Moscow, Beijing, Hong Kong, and every other city in this wide world of ours. We are united to these communities through Paul in Seattle and Francis in Rome. It is my sincere hope that we should jealously guard our communion with these two men, appointed by Jesus Christ to oversee his church. It is my ardent desire that we should pray for our fellow Catholics and sister parishes of the Archdiocese of Seattle, that they may be fruitful in their Christian missions and faithful in their Catholic teachings. It is the deepest longing of my heart that we should all live out our Catholic faith as Jesus intended, as one body united in one faith, sharing one heart of selfless love for each other and for all of humanity.